Uh, Brian, I've just been scrolling on Twitter. Have you seen the name of the new one set? Let me see what it's called. Unfinity? Seems a bit weird, though, doesn't it? It's a spoof set, Vince. It's meant to be weird. No, I mean unstable, unsanctioned, unhinged, unglued. All the previous unsets were real words, though. Yeah, like how unstable had a mad science aesthetic, and oh, the flavor of unsanctioned? Perfect. No one played with it. Yeah, but unfinity? Doesn't it seem a little bit early to start making up words for the unsets? You're so right, and I mean unbelievable is right there for them. And what is an unset if not the unbelievable put to cardstock. And we could have had Unusual, which could be a set that treads the, the fine line between actual overt spoof and a real magic set. Ungodly, a set that takes all the fears that evangelical suburbia had about Magic the Gathering during the satanic panic and goes all in on confirming them. Oh, it could have an actual depiction of Satan in it. With alternate art featuring Little Nas the 10th. Unattainable, a set that never leaves the pre-order stage. Unsure, where everything in the set is a scratch card where you're not allowed to reveal what anything is until after you've drafted. Unable, where you, you just can't anymore. Universes beyond. Don't you mean universes beyond? That already exists. No, universes beyond where it's just regular Magic the Gathering cards with no Fortnite and no Pickle Rick. How about undemocratic? Every card is designed by only Mark Rosewater. A lot like a courier actually. Unsportsmanlike, an arena exclusive unset where you have to spam emotes in order to win. Unremarkable, where they just reprint Ikoria but with no companions. Unthinkable. Unorthodox. Unbrandable. Unlikely. Uno. Un. What? Well, that was unexpected. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Dies to Removal, but before you turn off your video player, I want to assure you that Vince and I will be back recording in person for the next episode, but for this episode we've got so much dropping, so much big things happening in Magic, we wanted to be topical, we wanted to be on the cutting edge, so sit down, buckle up, and we're gonna talk about what happened two weeks ago, which is topical for us. <laughs> Yeah, right. We don't we don't normally hit this cutting edge, right? We're normally three weeks out, so two weeks is relatively fresh. Yeah, three weeks, sure. If you if the if you replace the word weeks with months, but we're <laughs> going to be covering this large idea of the inevitable soul crushingness of endless rotation, artificial rotation. Just about every format now seems to rotate, whether it's official rotation like standard or what we are deeming artificial rotation. The influx of must-have cards or game-changing cards, or meta-changing cards, or anything related to that, that comes into formats like Modern and even Commander. Commander used to be a format yep. that you could just drop your shelf, drop your deck on the shelf for six months, and it's fine, and now, actually, maybe it's not, unless you're finding other people who aren't updating their decks. It's really hard to keep up with the neighbors when it comes to Commander, don't you think? 
Oh, 100%. I mean, not, you, you said Commander and Modern. I mean, Standard's got a mini rotation now as well. You've got big rotation and mini rotation. There's just rotations all over the shop. Your cards don't your cards don't last like they used to, Brian. Not to sound too much like old men shouting at clouds, but back in my day, right. cards used to have a life cycle more than uh, six months, but there you go. And now, thanks to Alchemy, even the eternal digital format of Historic will be rotating and rotating frequently, unexpectedly. So much rotation, it's even affecting Silver border unsets, which kind of are no more. Or are they? They're kind of still happening, but now some of them are black border. We're covering all this today. Shall we start there with the unsets and then get into yeah, well, alchemy and modern don't, horizons? Don't use the term silver border and black border, Brian. That's going to confuse people now, right? That's too confusing for our little small uh, reptile brains. It's now uh, acorn stamp or not acorn stamp. Silver borders don't exist anymore, right? <laughs> well, but the acorn stamp is only on rares, and there won't be an acorn stamp on uncommons that may be treated as though they have an acorn stamp on them, right? Or did they go back on that? I think even uh, even Mark Rosewater I, was confused, which is a great sign. I, I, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't say that because I believe not all the uncommons are going to be legacy legal because I assume some of them will involve you, like you know, doing the hokey pokey and stuff. Um, but yeah, it wasn't too clear because even so, for people who didn't know, there was a there was a rare from Unglued that was showed off that I was excited to be a legacy legal card. It's like a storm payoff, a water gun balloon game, and they showed off the one with a non acorn stamp. So I was like, oh, they're upshifting old silver border stuff into black border playable in legacy playable in commander. And then they said, oh no, whoopsie, we put the, we put the wrong preview image up. So even wizards aren't quite sure what's legal and what's not at the moment. Yes, and uh, I am gonna count myself. Uh, as among them. It's very hard to keep track of. One of the things with all of these new designators, with all of these new legalities, in the case of alchemy, with all of these literally changes to what a card does, although we've seen in paper not too long ago, a great example is Companions, where reading the card doesn't explain the card because they've changed what a card does. And if I don't remember what they changed it to and I open a pack of Ikoria or I just take out my collection and I get Companions... I have to go look it up and, and, and such. There's just so much going on. In isolation, it isn't a big deal. I saw actually someone, I believe it was Aaron Forsyth, tweet out, is this really so hard about one of these issues? I forget which one. It seems like it's just, well, if it's the A, then it's A. If it's B, then it's B. And my response to that is yes, but we have so much of this going out there. So many conditional things. Every set what's in a booster pack changes. Every Now what's in an unset changes and it becomes just so much to have to keep in your head just about legality and uh, what goes where or what comes from where. Where do I find this card? Let's go over unsets. What do you think of there being unset cards that are legal in Legacy and Commander and Black Border? So like, so, so they're all black the border now. There's that. no silver borders in the unset. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, no silver borders. No different stamps. So I was I was saying the similar thing to what Aaron Foster was saying. Like, is it really that hard to understand whether an acorn shaped icon or a spherical shaped icon or whatever is hard to understand? But I'm also starting to uh, concede the fact that these are all like micro issues that when they all add up, they mount up to like insurmountable confusion. Right. Um, personally, as a content creator, I'm actually excited for new cards in the unsets to be playable in Commander and in Legacy. Some of the cards are already shown, like the one that splits a creature into two copies of itself is really cool for Legacy and Commander. And I thought the old period where we had Silver Border cards legal in Commander was cool. However, 
the as a as a player, I find it frustrating because I like to have products in the calendar that I can kind of ignore a little bit, and that is no longer the case. The argument that a product is not for you doesn't really work if every product has legal cards for your format in them, whether that be a legacy or vintage or commander or, or whatever. So from a content creator perspective, oh, it's lots of new toys to play with, but as a player, I kind of wish I could just ignore this set if I wanted to, and I can't. Um, how about you? Did you did you play? Did you enjoy when Civil Borders were? I I did. I didn't like, and I'm gonna get like apologies in advance. Uh, uh, we had the joke about it in our opening skit, which uh, another uh, uh, proficient moment of us where we were making fun of unsets, and then it turned. We this was before when we filmed that skit, before we knew about the acorn black border thing, but I liked the draftable silver border sets, especially the most recent one. Now that is not unsanctioned, which was the pre-constructed deck. Unstable. Unstable. Unstable, in my opinion, is one of the best, most enjoyable drafting experiences I've had in a long time. But a lot of that had to do with the silliness and it being very properly engineered silliness with the mechanical exploration of design space. This is what silver border sets are supposed to be. Uh, the pre-constructed decks I didn't like. I think that unsets should be drafted, that they're meant for draft, and so I wasn't a big fan of that. Here we are, it is draftable, but my question to you is, are we essentially ending, as someone who liked drafting Silver Border unsets, are we essentially ending Silver Border unsets because if these non-Acorn cards are cards that are legal in Legacy and Commander, by the definition of what a silver border set was supposed to be, meaning cards that are not following certain guidelines of what a magic card can do currently, though one day might be exploring a mechanic or previewing a mechanic that comes into play, then did we just essentially end silver border unsets and say, hey, it's just a it's just another standalone magic set where there's some goofy cards in it that you can't play with? But so it feels kind of like a, a, a letdown where it's like, wait a minute, I thought the whole set was this beautiful tapestry of, of going into the madness of R&D, all the silly things they practice with one another and talk about with one another in the pit. And then it's like, nah, no, actually, it's just it's just more magic cards for you to buy and use and play with. So from a business standpoint, that's fine. Like you said, it's harder and harder to ignore. But I feel like we just lost a really cool product in a way. But, but in all fairness, though, we did lose a cool product. And I agree that the unsanctioned, no, sorry, unstable uh, silver border draft format was really fun and the gameplay was really fun. And I liked, like, almost all the legendaries in there. I, most of them I thought, I wish they were black border so we could play them more regularly in Commander without having to have the, the rule zero question and some of them were on Modo and stuff. But ultimately, I don't really think it's a loss of it because it's still there. We're going to have silver border silliness in amongst the set as well. It's still going to be playable. Just some of the cards will be playable in other formats. And that's a good thing, I think. I think... I, I rarely ever agree with Mark Rosewater, but I think he was right when he said that people don't take silver cards seriously, and it kind of feels like almost like a, he didn't say this, but he insinuated it, it's a bit of a waste when you open them because you don't get to use them anywhere else. So the fact that those cards are going to be playable and Legacy and playable and Commander and things is kind of exciting in that the packs don't go completely to waste, and it also means they have to market them solely off the back of playable lands that they've always done in the past, although they're kind of doing that anyway. But I don't think it's lost... I think it still maintains that. I think it's a good balance in a way. You know, touch wood that it 
looks like a good balance once it comes out. But we get silver border silliness, but cards we can play with elsewhere as well. So I do quite like it, even if I do agree that it's just another thing to understand and cope with and product to see. I do quite like it ultimately. Yeah, I don't so. have like, I don't think, and the reason I wanted to start with talking about the unset, well, we got a lot of questions of people asking what our thoughts were on it is, I don't think it's anything uh, mm. egregious or, or, or upsetting. I, I more than anything think the system that they employed is confusing, easily misunderstood. Yeah. Easy to miss. It's a tiny little acorn. We're getting into all this stuff where they're saying like, oh, it's it's this little sticker at the very bottom which they fall off some cards and they get misprinted frequently and all kinds of, of, of potential issues. And I get it. It's like, listen, if it's cards got a silver border, people feel it's not real. And I know that upset a lot of people on both sides of the table, both at Watsi and also in terms of players, because you want a card you can play with and use. I really appreciate and to a certain extent agree with that. I, I, I feel further confused. I think there might have been a better way to do this. I think there's too many if and ors to it, where it's just this now flowchart of, of extra branching off things added to a larger branching off flowchart. And I do feel a kind of disappointment because I am a fan of underdog things, such as I love Plane Chase, I love Arch Enemy. I love, and those are not like, I, I, those are things where someone would say, why should the cards be oversized and only playable in this weird thing? It feels like if we make a plane chase format, people aren't going to treat those as real cards either. Maybe we should make enchant world cards that anyone can put in their deck and reveal. And it's like, yes, I see that. But there's something special about there being these little pockets of of communities, little pockets of niche interest in the game that you're right. A lot of players go, I'm going to ignore the unset or I'm going to draft it and never save the cards. A lot of players will say that, but then you've got this committed, loving community of people who really enjoy it. And it makes the larger tapestry of magic richer. And then special things happen. Like again, I enjoyed when they did the silver border, my little pony and transformer crossovers is yeah. what I had wanted Walking Dead to be. And now it's like, they're probably not going to do that anymore. I've got those up on my wall over there. It's a cool thing where it's like, this isn't quite a real magic card, but it is a magic card that you can play with if you want. In some cases you can't. Like the My Little Pony ones yeah. have win conditions that don't exist, which I actually think is kind of fun. I think it adds to this yeah. depth. And so but, there's but a, I'm, gonna... I'm sorry, to, I'm, I'm going to stop right now, but I'm just going to say go there's a shallowness effect. And the shallowness effect means there's less depth than there was. It's easier to cross this stream. It's easier now to sell those packs, to play with those cards. But the trade-off is we get a shallowness. That's how I feel. Right, so... So I'm going to have to disagree with you to the point that I sound like a Watsy shell at this point. Well, you are right? a Watsy shell. that... I don't... <laughs> yeah, if you say so. Um, I don't think it takes away anything that you're saying, though. Like you said, oh, we probably won't get My Little Pony cards in the future, or the Transformers ones, or whatever. But we still can. They're just going to stick acorn stamps on them. So you might not like the way they've done it. They might, we might not like the rationale for it. Like the, the, the claim they can't put silver border on some and not on others is dumb because they do all sorts of border treatments right now. Yeah, it's like the the way they just like make up stuff just to justify things. But it doesn't take away what you're explaining or describing, where we can have these cool draft formats and these cool. Um, steel products at, at Comic Cons and stuff. These things can still exist. In some ways, it's funny that we could have had the Walking Dead with an Acorn logo at the very bottom of them and avoided anyone worrying about the mechanically unique things in a in a limited window. In some ways, them going back and doing this 
it's kind of justifying putting those cards into other formats or at least like a retroactively like oh no look we're going to put these sort of things in all products now but so yeah i agree they're trying to shift it and sell it off of the uh, staples but i don't think it takes away the thing you're describing but um yeah and the thing you're describing is lovely by the way i like that sort of thing as well and it's interesting that you mentioned plane chase by the way because I, I would have rather seen another plane chase because we've, we've seen like what one or two plane chases total right. in magic's history and we're now on like the fourth or fifth unset but or something. vince Should well, we get another if, plane we, chase? If, if plane chase is like i have a like one of my i do all all the formats and such and my plane chase video is is definitely not heavily viewed because it's only played by a small section mm-hmm of the community. So Wizards is sitting down in the boardroom with Hasbro and they're saying, we want to do plane chase. And they say, most people don't play plane chase. When you do it, it won't sell big. Well, of course they don't. There's no, there's no product out there for them to play with. What of course if, not going to play with. So what if we take these oversized plane chase cards and we make them regular sized magic cards that's anonymous to, synonymous to, anonymous, synonymous to silver border becoming black border, oversized becoming regular sized. That way you can just put it in your deck and it and it's called plane chase enchantment or enchant world or plane chase world or something like that and it does a similar thing but it's just a magic card and suddenly something and it has different rule you know and i just w- that would sell more that would sell more but that'd sell off the shelf because it's a regular magic card that goes to your desk but then you just have a regular magic card and the specialness is lost so what you're doing is you're describing there is what they did with Vanguard cards into Planeswalkers, right? They didn't make Vanguards in like physical... They're like, sure. no, we're just going to make Planeswalkers instead. So what you're explaining is probably going to be a good prediction. At some point in the next five years, that's yeah. going to happen. It's like a, it's almost like an absolute no-brainer, right? But what I thought you were suggesting, just to go a bit off the beaten track here, was that there were going to be world enchantments you revealed at the beginning of the game, similar to yeah. a companion. And I was thinking, do you know what? That was probably something they actually thought would be a good idea if Companion worked. And Companion being end up being so bad, so unbelievably game-breaking, magic-ruiningly bad, that thank God we'll never see that. Or at least not for another five, ten years until they lose their marbles again. But um, yeah, I, I, playing Chase as a card type, like Planeswalker, I could imagine being a thing. Like a saga that ticks down and changes your volatile dice. Sure, yeah. I, I think that's Anyway, let's cool. not give them ideas. Let's not give them ideas. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so for everyone asking about this in particular, my thoughts are are, are, are actually very apathetic. Uh, I think it's confusing, but not terribly so. It's a little annoying, but not terribly so. It's a little disappointing, but not terribly so. And it is a little exciting, but not terribly so. I'm feeling rather apathetic about the whole thing. And that is also something that happens when you put out so many things and so many changes and so many variabilities. Maybe this product isn't for you becomes kind of the vibe. And it's like, yeah, yeah, all right, whatever. So apathy aside then for the the, the product details, how do you feel as a Star Trek and Doctor Who fan about the theme, about the the sci-fi? I really don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, I I don't, I love sci-fi. I love Star Trek and Doctor Who. I don't come to Magic the Gathering for sci-fi. I come to Magic the Gathering for fantasy. Uh, and that's how I feel. And even in an unset, but especially in an unset where it's now Black Border and all this is like the planets are going to be land bases. I'm sorry, but I I like sci-fi. I don't want it in my Magic the Gathering. You know what I love is I love film noir. I love old detective film noir. I don't want detective sure. film noir in my magic cards straight up. Like with like I, I wouldn't like that because I come to magic for fantasy, not film noir. And I do feel the same way about sci-fi. And I know that maybe Kamigawa is gonna be doing the sci-fi cyberpunk more in fantasy. 
Yep. Looks cool. We saw some preview images and they... Uh, have you yeah. seen the collector booster yeah. box? It's got a motorbike. It looks it. really, really cool. <laughs> I don't, I don't know not, how fantasy it's going to be. I, I like the, I like the look of that more than the, 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 the uh, Infinity planets where it's just space. And I'm just like, eh. Also, may I also, since we have one planet that only makes blue mana, and one planet that only makes white mana, and one planet that only makes green mana, how much must it suck for the people who are born on the planet that only makes white mana, and that's all you get to do? Mono white cube? Ooh. Mono white commander? Oh my god. All you've got is mono white. Lame. Actually. Lame. As a nice as a nice segue from there, then actually, Mono White's looking pretty hot. Some of the new alchemy cards for Mono White are for insane. Now. They've got us like a for a basic yeah for now they can change them of course, but we've got like a basically strictly better collected company in White with um, Inquisitor Captain. Alchemy has shown us that they can make White work. Uh, are alchemy cards <laughs> in many different question, ways? Are silver border cards real magic cards? Second question: Are alchemy cards real magic cards? Yeah, I can play a tournament with my alchemy cards. I can't with my silver border cards. But anyway, alchemy has introduced 60 plus new cards, and some of them, uh, including the white ones, are very, very good. But you'll never get to play with them in paper because they're digitally unique. Um, we've gone over this before, right? You hate the idea. I quite like the idea. But it's another rotation, right? This is a rotation for standard. So standard now, you have the 30-day window where Crimson Vow was out. And that was your standard. And then 30 days in, you get another 15 to 30 cards. In this case, 60, because it's the first time round. Uh, another four cards get nerfed. Another four cards get digitally buffed, which is a whole other kettle of fish. And now standard has rotated before standard has rotated. Meanwhile, historic has been ejected with 60 more cards. And some cards have been nerfed and buffed. Same ones as the standard ones. Some of which weren't broken in historic, but are now unplayable because they were nerfed. So we've got another rotation. That's what happened with the next set. Kamigawa Neon Dynasty will come out. 30 days later, we get 15 to 30, the exact number's not known, 15 to 30 digital cards plus some erratas, and we just cycle standard and we cycle historic again. And it is tiring. As someone who's been really enjoying historic, I'm so tired of my decks just having to shift dramatically within a month. Like, you don't even get a month window of respite or rest from a new set release with anthologies and alchemy and jumpstart and, and the main sets as well. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I also, I, I'm not even that upset about it because I just don't care. Uh, I it I was really finally getting back into historic. I had my historic merfolk deck. Uh, I really liked it. I was having a lot of fun with it. And all of this just makes me go, you know what? I'm just going to to go play something else uh, digitally. I, I just I've 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 stopped arena uh, I, I can't it, it's just too much for me. I'm not interested. It doesn't have anything when they bring pioneer onto it which only needs about 60 cards uh by the way uh maybe i'll go give it another try i've been really enjoying pioneer and paper again oh my god i'm getting super hooked on that you want to know why because horizon sets don't go into pioneer because lord of the Rings sets don't go into pioneer because uh specialty what uh, uh infinity sets don't go into pioneer because pioneer just is is for now brian for now Come on, you know it, you know it. I would not even be shocked if not Lord of the Rings, obviously we know it's modern only, but Modern Horizons 3 or Pioneer Horizons or the next thing like Lord of the Rings. What if we have Game of Thrones I don't, if you do that, Wizards, I still got Popper. I still got Popper. But you haven't got Popper because Horizons wrecks Popper every time. Every single time. But then we just play a tournament where we only register basic lands and and the top, and then they, they're, they're humiliated. Oh, 
Oh my God, Vince, yeah. I just got it right now this second. Everybody watching this who is part of the camp that is protesting alchemy, what you need to do is win all the ranked tournaments with basic land decks only. Do they publish deck lists? Do they publish deck lists? They, they don't. They do. Oh, they hide the they information. I'm, I'm not Oh no, they sure. won't let you yes. see it. They won't let you see it. Oh my God. That's part of the, the, the benefit of moving to arenas. That they hide all that hide information. information but but to, go back to, to go back to something you did say, which I think is really funny. So you mentioned Merfolk, right? And I was playing Merfolk in uh, Historic as well because the deck was pretty solid. And we're now like Midnight Hunt, Crimson Vow plus Alchemy onwards. And I think the deck is now like a solid like tier three, perhaps, maybe 2.5. It's just not even... Well, I was thinking it's one of the better decks in the format, one of the faster decks in the format. But the funny thing is the deck that I've moved to another company deck is like 50, 60 rares or something stupid in a Yorion shell. So the deck is like... Just, just the money. The money you've got to pump into an economy that doesn't pay back out, doesn't give you cards back for erratas, uh, doesn't let you dust, doesn't let you upshift uncommons to rares. The amount of money you've got to pump into arena to keep going with the irritation is disgusting. It's so frustrating. One rare arena wild card, I believe. Now, there's a little bit of debate about how you crunch it and, of course, how much you're playing, grinding, and, and such. But if you're buying packs to get wild cards kind of exclusively and factoring that in, I believe one rare arena wild card is about 14 to $16, depending on how you uh, look at it uh, in terms of, of each booster pack costing about $1 and how much you need to open to go around the wheel to get your wild card. Now, of course there is a random chance of getting a wild card inside one of those packs. And of course there is not taking into account things like complete some quests, get some gold, use that to buy a pack, etc. Use that gold to draft. Although you can't it's, do that with, it's that time yeah. again, what time again, it's that time again. What? I'm going to tell you that I've got a video on my YouTube channel. You have um, a YouTube channel. I spend Oh my God, but there Vince go. is a dying platform. Aren't you sh We're 23 minutes in. Jeez, that's incredible. I'm going to be our record. Anyway, I spent $1,000 from a fresh account to $1,000 on Arena. I didn't. It was Arena's money. It was his money because they gave me a free account. <laughs> and it backfired because I did this to them. But anyway, yeah, yeah, exactly. $1,000. And I think I end up, I, I can't look up right now, but it's, it's less than 200 rare wild cards. It's insane how little you get for your money on yeah. the client. And then the stuff you do get and spend becomes obsolete within 30 days because they introduce better, more powerful reds. Or format defining what I like to call super staples. Your N sixes, your astrolabes, these right. new things that come in horizons and alchemy sets. And they're so powerful that not only do they create new archetypes, but they push other ones out. Like Renin Six made playing anything with one toughness and legacy un undoable for like three months until they banned it. So super staples. And we're gonna see it more and more. He said Lord of the Rings is coming to modern uh next year. Horizons is probably the year after, but Lord of the Rings is gonna inject like Gollum and Gandalf and Sauron into modern, and they're not gonna be bad cards, are they? They're not all gonna be Odricks. They're more likely to be Ragavans, if anything. Sure. And uh, this is something that also confuses me when we're talking about just this endless rotation. So Modern now rotates when Modern Horizons comes out, and Modern Horizons appears to be coming out every other year. So Modern has an every other year rotation or soft rotation or artificial rotation, but the Lord of the Rings set also becomes Modern Legal, which means that Modern Horizons 2 and then Lord of the Rings next year, 
So we had Modern Horizons 2 this year. We have Lord of the Rings next year. And then they have said there is going to be a Modern Horizons 3. I don't think they've 100% confirmed what year it's coming out in, but it's probably yeah. 2023. And so that means that Modern is rotating once a year. What other format rotates once a year? Oh, wait, it's Standard. And now Modern, which was previously the format as we showed and demonstrated using math on previous Dice to Removals episodes, that if it wasn't for the Fetchland, everything in modern would be relatively affordable and cheap with a few exceptions that most decks would be much more in line with the reasonable yeah. price there's of course a few outlier cards but overwhelmingly most modern played cards are, are, are very reasonable. And now, when you look at the cost of modern decks, it's scattered across the entire deck because you've got Raghavans and all kinds of, and a, and a plethora of other cards uh, from Modern Horizons almost entirely 100%. that now cost a fortune. And so even though Fetchlands have gone down in price to being about $20, $30, and how long will that last? It's just overwhelming. Yeah. So, so, so to really stress that point, again, there's another video on my YouTube channel from last week where I talked about Super Staples, this idea, because the, 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 sh the, sh the fetch lines went down by around 40%, right? But the prices of decks didn't go down by 40% because Ragavan is an $80 card, like you said. Merc Tide is a $20 card, and so on and so on and so on. And the reason for this... so. Some people do point to Astrolabe and similar things in Horizons products in the past for making decks cheaper because you pay more basics or it's a common, right? Whatever. But the problem is a lot of these cards are actually in the rare and mythic slot, so they're expensive, and they aren't reprinted in a meaningful way or haven't been yet over the last two, two and a half years since the first Modern Horizons. So what we see is cards just going up and up in price. Force of Negation is a prime example of this. It's a card that dipped a little bit with a reprint, but it was reprinted as a special alternate frame only in collector boosters. So they are generating new reprint equity every single straight to modern or legacy set, and they're not reprinting them in a way that keeps them affordable. So if this was an artificial rotation, that gave us uncommon and common power level or cheap rares, then it'd be good because then we have people get into these formats. But it's not doing that. It's just making them prohibitively expensive, which will, in the long term, just, you know, it's going to kill legacy. It's going to probably damage or kill modern eventually. We need to see stuff like this if they're going to continue doing this, which seems to be a valid business strategy, in non-premium priced. So I don't think we know what Lord of the Rings is at no. right now, right? But Modern Horizons 1 and 2 and 3, premium priced. So Mythic in a premium price set is going to be $20 minimum if played, right? It needs to be non-premium priced and it needs to be print, you know, plentifully printed, but we're not seeing that either. So all these things come together to make everything super expensive. So you're, would you just, one more time, non-premium priced, plentifully printed. Just That's a great tongue. Non-premium priced, plentifully printed printed non-premium price plentifully printed uh modern horizons 2 was double the cost of modern horizons 1 and to look at where they're going the master set we're getting next year that's right we're also getting a master set next year it's it's double masters 2 right double masters 2 so <laughs> double masters squared yeah so like how that. much that's is it going to cost but... don't you people have money <laughs> i spent yeah, it's it's wild. Like, so I used to always do budget modern and budget legacy videos on my channel, yeah. and I've all but given up because the reason that I campaigned for the Fetchland reprint so hard and made T-shirts and stuff because like if Fetchlands go down in price, legacy becomes affordable because not all the decks need duels. And what do we have now? Decks with four hundred dollars of monkey <laughs> in them. Like it's insane. Like you can't do budget anymore because the staples are getting dearer. I don't know how they've managed to do this. They've made collectibles worth less and then the staples worth more. Like the opposite One of what One copy of Raghavan costs more than a brand new, uh, uh, the, the new Metroid game. 
It, it costs more than a yep. new video game. Yeah, it's like one it's... copy <laughs> of it costs yeah. more. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, and, and, but I, I thought you gross. did all those videos about trying to get them to reprint Fetchlands just because you wanted clout. That's what a, bu- a bunch of people who didn't make oh, content said. That, yes, that's the strong secondary reason. The primary reason was uh, I wanted to make more clout off budget legacy videos. It's all clout in the end, Bob. Clout all the way down. The clout right? all the way down. Yeah, ABC right. always be clouting. That actually means mm. something very different. Uh, yeah, so effects lines have gone down a little bit. They're now creeping back up, and all the staples are more expensive. Welcome to Modern and Legacy. Or not welcome, as the case may be, because you can't buy ink because it's too expensive. Question for you, Vince. Do you feel that both in paper and on digital, there is a need and value for there to be at least one format that does not uh, rotate, be it through... Uh, official or artificial means. Essentially, there should be one place that does exist that no, there. This is this is not going to be a rotating format, even through injections from specialty overpowered sets designed for modern things like that. Where it's just this is a non-rotating format in the truest sense. Do you think that there's a need and/or value for that, both in paper and digital? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, Magic's still kind of built half its, its whole entire like life off of having that, right? whether it be Extended right. or T1 or Legacy, whatever you called it, because it allows people to step away from the game and come back and not be completely shut out and alienated. It allows people to return to the game. I feel like we're going towards a state where like it's more about right. turn and burn of new players, via digital especially, more so than yep. allowing other players to come back. The players who spent a lot of money back then and then want to spend more money now, the ones who come back with better disposable income because they've they were a poor college student before, and now they've got a job. Those people struggle to come back. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And also, outside of, like, keeping players in, it's just nice to right. keep people I'm, included, I'm, right? No, <laughs> maybe that's a bit of a, a, a dirty leftist idea. I don't know. I, I certainly agree with that. <laughs> oh, my God. Am I a communist? Am I Spice 8 Rack? Uh, but... <laughs> including right, people right. is communist, so, I've heard. Yes. here's what I want you to do, and I invite everybody watching to attempt to do this in the comments as well. I am a high-up executive at Hasbro uh, within their division of Hasbro called Wizards of the Coast, and I've invited you in to convince me why I, as a business executive, should uh, uh, ensure that that exists within paper and digital. So why should I do that? Why should I, as a company, uh, provide that? If you convince me, I'll do it. You're here. Well, like I uh, said, Mr. Kanabi, Mr. Okay. Mr. Kanabi, please, Sant Kanabi, have a seat. Oh, I'm, I'm, Mr. Kanabi, please Kenobi. have a That's seat. And I would like you to convince me even. why uh, uh, I should do that. Because when we make Modern Horizons, it was the biggest selling set of of the year. When we make uh, Alchemy, we made a fortune on Magic Arena. When we make uh, uh, the Brawl precons for Paper Brawl that had the must-have Arcane Signet in it, they sold out at every shop the first day they hit the shelves. So we are seeing that by uh, introducing rotation even to formats like Modern and Commander, uh, and uh, Historic, we are seeing sales go through the roof. People are buying. Okay. Yeah, you're making all the So you're saying you're I should make a format money, where but, we do but, not create the that sort of thing for where we're gonna we're gonna. No, that. I'm what are not you saying? saying that. 
Because you're, 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 yeah, you're calling me, in me to what? try yeah. and convince you to, that you're going to make more of a profit. Yeah, but, but I'm okay. not going to convince you to make more of a profit because this sort of thing isn't isn't profit driven. It's like it's it's things that they don't really give a shit about, right? Oh, you have to beat that one. Um, community community engagement, uh, goodwill, heritage, history. These things that like build up a game to make a game like Magic become Magic, right? Magic isn't Pokemon. Magic. Well, I guess Pokemon's even got this stuff now, but it's not, it's not one of the softer card games or the card games that fail. It's one of the ones that has prolonged life and has. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Persevered, right? Because it has those things in addition to the fact that it's so pro- uh, profitable and so monetizable. But those things don't really matter anymore. So there's no reason. What you're literally telling me, there is no reason that we should do this. If you're telling yeah. me to talk to an exec yeah. in a boardroom who is only caring about profit well, margins, I- then no. Like, they're not going to fix the MTG Arena economy because it makes money. They're not going to stop rotating sets because it makes money. We are in a very... D- I'm, I'm so doom and gloom today. You've got me into this, Brian. I was so positive before this. It's just going to make them money, so why should they care? Why should they care? They will turn and burn new players, and then people like myself, who are just too far down the well, we can't have, get we out. Have our, we have um, our arena team, our devs, our designers. How do you like the fact that now we've got game designers spending their mental energy making alchemy cards? Uh, 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 that's another thing, but... Why should I tell Mr. Kanabi? Why should I tell my uh, devs and arena team and such to invest in quality of life improvements for the client and over just 60 new alchemy cards? Because it makes you look less like a comedy devil. It makes you look less like a villain from The Simpsons, like Mr. Burns, that's why. It makes you look like more of a human being who cares about other human beings or cares about the game. That's why. There's nothing I could say to convince a boardroom man, Brian. Or boardroom, boardroom man, man or woman. Oh, oh, woman. I, I would hope a woman would have more empathy than a boardroom man would. Is, yeah. that, is that fair to say? I, I, I don't know. There's nothing I can say that would make it more profitable. So there's nothing to convince yeah. is that do Is that too doom and gloom? Or is that just a fair statement about How the situation we're in? How many packs have know. you personally purchased with your own money? Zero at the moment. Uh, but I want to make content about historic. And I'm in this conflicted space of like, do I even spend money on this? Because it's a joke. But the format's cool. It's, that's the... The duality of man, the duality of the content. If you're creator. gonna buy it, um, like if you're literally, yeah. gonna, I'm also. So so wait a minute. Let me just also get this straight. You are you have given us money, or you're gonna give us money for this thing you're telling me we shouldn't be doing. I don't. You don't make security. Security. We've got a madman in here. We've got a, a, a an absolute <laughs> madman in here. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe we should say. Maybe this should be but, guys but removal. How what? about this? How about this? Hey everybody, welcome to Dies to Removal. We're here to cover uh, Unfinity Changes. We're here to cover Modern Horizons 3 and Lord of the Rings being legal and modern. And we're here to cover Alchemy. All right, let's go. Unfinity. This is a great move. By making it Black Border, it's going to sell more, make more money, and sell more. By uh, Alchemy, people are spending all this money on packs and redeeming wild cards, which they spend all this money to get. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, Modern Horizons 3, we hope it's going to sell more than Modern Horizons 2. This is amazing if it does. Great profits all around. And uh, Lord of the Rings, well, if we make it legal and modern, that means it'll sell more than if it wasn't legal and modern. So, yeah. And you know what, viewers at home, that makes the cash cow of Watsy grow bigger and fatter. And that means your reserve list staples that you've got hidden in your cupboard that you're not playing with, that's going to go up and up in price because magic will never die. All hail the overlords at Watsy making profit. The Is this what you wanted, Watsy? Is this what you wanted? Okay, so here's the point. Here's a point on the on the profit thing, right? Is that like the artificial rotation of historic wouldn't be anywhere near as bad if the arena economy wasn't so bad. 
Like, like there's an argument that keeping it fresh and interesting is how you create an eSport. And maybe in the back of someone's closet, there's still a, a letter saying Wizards really want to make an eSport or something, right? So maybe fresh change, constant change, standard change every 30 days is fine if the economy wasn't so bad. Because it's just so expensive. Like you said, the, the average cost of a wildcard being upwards of like 10 bucks or whatever. Like, it's just insane how expensive the economy is. So there's an argument that maybe artificial rotation serves a gameplay function of keeping things fresh. But if we're not having to spend so much money to get there, but that's the thing. That's not how you make profit, right? So we're back to that profit argument again. If people keep buying wild cards, why would we fix? They're looking at the data. They're looking at the data right now, right this minute going, everyone is moaning. Like this man who came into the office had to get ejected by security. Everyone is moaning, yeah. but they're still buying. As no as we as no we escorted as we escorted him out of the building, we noticed he went on his phone and purchased some wild cards. So, well, not wild cards, but packs until he got <laughs> wild cards. Uh, so, I don't know. Yeah, you can't purchase wild cards directly. No, they've got to obfuscate it through weird They don't German want you to purchase wild cards successfully because then they'd have to show you the price of an individual wild card. And when people saw that wild cards actually are about $14 to $16 each, they would have a mental breakdown. And so by covering up and confusing what things cost, shifting things around, much like a kitten in a litter box to cover up what it's done, Wizards of the Coast is able to get away with pricing wild cards so high, etc., etc. Yeah. A, a bit of a side tangent. I really hope that gacha games and mobile games and online games that have gambling in them, like opening of packs, for example, like Magic does, I really hope at some point they get stung with some legislation where they have to like really, like really overtly advertise what mm-hmm. a game piece costs, like a wild card, for example, and then Wizards have to deal with that. I, I know it sounds almost a bit, a, bit, a bit resentful, but I think it'd be their just desserts to get them to like pack this in because. Yeah, Historic's got nothing but... Sorry, Arena's got nothing but worse over the past couple of months. No. And it's not going to get any better. They're pushing it as far as they can go. Similar to what they're doing with the $100 boosters last year. Pushing it as far as they can go. And they're only peeling back at the last moment. Whoa, this might be the most doom and gloom, miserable I've episode of Dice Review we've done I said, in quite I said some we're time. making a lot of money. I said I don't care. Like, that's also the thing. So I think one of the biggest problems that all of this has is this problem of apathy. And the truth is, is like, there have been other dice removals where I've been very upset. I don't, I'm joking here. Like, I don't really feel upset. I don't care. I'm not going to play arena anymore. I was barely playing arena. I was barely playing arena to begin with. And then I went back onto arena. I started getting into it. And then they took the format that I played and they upended it again. They had previously done it, which is what, you know, I'm just like, whatever, I'm expecting it. The unset thing, it's coming in, it's confusing. My commander decks, I have fewer and fewer commander decks because it's just harder and harder to keep them up to date. I got to keep commander up to date. Modern is, I. it's just like an explosion of, of insanity with all this stuff. Pioneer, Pioneer, Popper, I, I, so Pioneer I, and Popper are really, Pioneer in particular is just really clean. It's a clean easy to grok yeah format. pioneer sure Paul, paupers have but they the banned it all at least it has these like periods so but they did ban them all so popper is actually really good yeah modern's looking good right now modern's looking good right now but not for long right when lord of the rings comes yeah. in and ruins pauper again right where pauper gets ruined by like i don't know a hobbit hole land that doesn't look stupid um but the apathy thing brian i i, I can't get on board with this apathy because i really like my content my coming up wasn't you were like product reviews i was gameplay I, not so much anymore but i used to always be gameplay so 
it's always the thing I just sort of fall back to. And it's frustrating to do a gameplay video, think this is a cool format, this is fun, put it out in the world, and the comments to be overwhelmingly people going, I'm going to have to live vicariously through you, Vince, because this yeah. is just too expensive for me to get into. And that, and also, uh, there's, here's some points for you. Was that comment that I just set out almost verbatim? Was that about legacy or historic? Spoiler alert, it's both of them. They're both super expensive. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, Brian. So I can't be apathetic. It really grinds my yeah, gears. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in terms of Pioneer, like you joked about Pioneer Masters, do you think they're going to leave Pioneer alone? Do you think that this they're going to allow us to funnel our interest into Pioneer as it continues to grow as this nice eternal... For, and by eternal, I mean non-rotating. I know that eternal means legacy and vintage, but Commander, I, I, I mean non-rotating. It's this nice non-rotating format. I do want it on Arena. I, I, I would, I'd be very happy with... They could, in all honesty, they could literally just say tomorrow everything that is currently Pioneer legal that's already on Arena is now just turned on to Pioneer Light, and then add 60 cards... Just 60 cards. So did you know this is what they did with Modo? So back in the day, Modo didn't have all the old sets on it. They had to go backwards and put things into Modo. So there's a period where there was a legacy, but didn't have all the legacy cards in it. So they've done this before. Did you know on, on Modo, there's a button you can like, push and you can trade your digital cards in for paper cards that they'll mail to you for like 25 bucks sure, or whatever? No, yeah. Which is incredible, really. But my point is, I'm saying they've done this before and it worked and it, it established a platform for people to continue playing those formats, right? Your your demand or request, shall we say, for Pioneer to go on Arena is a real monkey paw, right? Because basically, you, you, you get Pioneer on Arena and how do they monetize that? Well, they sell you master sets, whether it be Pioneer, Masters, or Remastered sets of older sets going into Pioneer, right? So you get that sold to you for a little while. Let's say it takes them six to 12 months to get through the bits they want to get through. And then what do they do? Because they've sold you all the cards now, Brian, right? So they have to rotate it. So what happens? We get Pioneer Anthologies. We get Pioneer Horizons. We get Pioneer Jumpstart Anthology Horizons. Whatever nomenclature or whatever they use to describe it. And then you've got your rotating Pioneer there. It's just going to happen. And Arena will kickstart kick that or speed up that process. That process of atrophy towards a rotation. Because it's how they monetize it. So you're going to get it, Brian, eventually. And then you're going to regret it. Were there any other controversies this last week? All right, Vince, final Q&A. Are you going to purchase Unfinity packs in some form? Yes. Uh, yes. Are you going to purchase yes. Modern Horizons 3? Are you going to purchase Lord of the yes. Rings packs? Are you going to purchase yes. the Warhammer Commander decks? Oh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> Are you going to purchase any alchemy packs honestly using your own money? That's up in the air at the moment. I don't know if I'm peeling really? back. Really? You know yeah. you're going to do at least one. <laughs> no. No? You Okay, so maybe. That's up in the air. That's up in the yeah, air. Yeah, that's definitely still, up in the air. Are you still spending your money on Arena, though? Are you still spending your own money in any way, shape, or form on Arena stuff? So that that's the one where I'm. I just do not know what I'm doing right now. I'm so conflicted and so frustrated with Arena that I don't know if my content shifts towards screw Arena. Let's do other things like a series where we just go and play Le Le Legends of Runeterra or like Chandelar. Look at all these alternatives we've got to Arena. I don't know. Maybe that's where I go with it. Final question. We're talking about Pioneer, the awesomeness of of Pioneer yeah. now as the format, the need and the value for uh, formats like Pioneer that do not have artificial rotation. Being honest. 
Did you spend, you now you just said what you're spending your money on. Did you spend your money on any of the Pioneer Challenger decks that came out this year? I didn't because Wizards sent them to me. Wizards sends things to people? <laughs> yeah, they do. Uno! Unlikely. 